So Help Me Todd is a legal dramedy on CBS starring Skylar Aston and Marsha Gay Harden. The premise is about a down-and-out ex-private investigator, Todd, who finds his calling helping his mom and her law firm work on their cases. On this podcast, we like to review the latest episode of a different series every show. So Help Me Todd premiered September 29th. We're looking at the pilot. Welcome to today's episode. At the beginning of this year, I ended up watching 21 and Over, which is a movie I don't think anyone really needs to see. It's fine if you want to kill time or anything like that. But it's something that I brought up multiple times. It's like a raunchy teenage comedy, right? Yeah, it's something I brought up multiple times on this podcast, the fact that I've seen it. But we're, right, doing, we're doing So Help Me Todd, right? I know, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but uh, the, I ended up watching the review of those movie reviewers, uh, review of 21 and Over. Yes. And... What they said about Skylar Ass, and I want to see if you agree with this after seeing this pilot episode, is that he is a likable Dane Cook. So is Skylar Ass. I mean, he looks Dane like Dane Cook just a bit. But is he? But I, like the thing about him is that he is always typecast. It feels like, like even in Zoe's extraordinary playlist and the special that came out in twenty twenty one, which I think we were supposed to review, but like we never really found the time to, or even the first two Pitch Perfect films, even twenty one and over, he always seems like the likable boyfriend. I, can Dane Cook sing? Because he sings a lot, not in this show, but like in the things you just listed, Zoe's Extraordinary yeah, Playlist and also Pitch Perfect. That was his thing. Yeah, I know. But like, like if Dane Cook could sing, then I could see the comparison more so. Um, he's more a struggling millennial in this, like who's just looking for uh, acceptance from his mother. But um, yeah, because that's that's the main purpose of this like yeah. TV show, right? I, the first question I had when I was watching this was, you know how like some grocery stores have wider aisles than other stores? Like, when you're yeah. in a D'Agostino's, those things are really close together, but when you're in a safe way, they're really far apart. And that might just be the difference between a supermarket and a grocery store, or if you're in a big city or a small city. But this this store was odd for a couple of reasons. One was it was fully stocked. And in 2022, post-pandemic, I haven't been to a lot of grocery stores where it's just been full, like, you have everything there in right. front of you. Yeah. And so that's where Todd is. He's stalking a woman. <laughs> He's stalking in, in a Well, sort of. He, this is Portland, Oregon, so it's okay. No, um, <laughs> but it's Portland, Oregon. He's in the grocery store. He approaches this lady. Her name's Betty. Uh, he says, hey, can you grab that thing on the top shelf? She grabs it, and he takes a couple pictures. And then he says, I'm actually working for the insurance agency that you're claiming disability from or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you just prove that you're not actually hurt and that you can go back to work, and this is going to cut your checks. And you okay. might get in trouble. And then and then she's like, please, I need that money. And then he's like, no, I'm absolutely going to keep this for myself. I need money, too. Then her kids pop up, and he's like, oh, no, now I have to get rid of the pictures. That's how we <laughs> Wait, open it. So so he, so he sees the kids, and he just feels bad about it? And yeah, he's like, you know what, never he's mind. He's like, actually, you should start wearing that neck brace some more. I'll get rid of the pictures. Go back to work as soon as you can, you know? And she works at the airport. That, yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. All right. So that's how we were introduced to Todd. He's supposed to be sort of a nice guy, but he's still taking kind of these low class jobs. <laughs> the low class as in like they're not the most morally like it's hurting people. Right. It's yeah. like a repo person almost. <laughs> um, yeah. So we find out the reason he's taking these jobs is because he was fired as a private investigator. Did he fire himself? Yeah, that's what you would think, right? Be, but like private investigators, they work for law firms. So think Jessica Jones. She always had an attorney that she worked for. Right. So I was thinking, okay, well, you get fired from one law firm, then you go work for another one. When he said he was fired, he actually lost his license. How do you lose your license? Well, the only way to really do that is if you break the law. 
right? Right. But then I think about like all the things that we see in movies and I feel like the depiction of private investigators in movies are always done breaking the law. Like whether they're lockpicking to get into a room that they shouldn't be part of, that's breaking the law. Whether they're taking pictures through the window in a private location, like you're not allowed to do that. Even if you're a private investigator, you don't get the right to do that. So yeah, yeah. we see it in every single movie where they're like giving husbands or wives pictures of their spouses, like cheating on them yeah. through a window. And it's like, that's also, that could get you your license taken away. Apparently the thing that got him was illegal wiretapping and forgery. Wiretapping? Wiretapping is just like listening no, to I, other locations. I know it is. And we like... see him do that in this episode. He has no problem wiretapping. He has no problem really breaking the law. But the forgery part, that wasn't him. He had a partner in business and that person was using him as a fall guy and so he ended up losing his license uh for both illegal wiretapping and forgery his mom tried to get it back for him that's a whole different story but um as far as what we see him do in this episode even though he doesn't have a license he's still going around assuming other people's identities to like get their information right he still offers to break into places he's eavesdropping all the time to people's private conversations the guy doesn't seem to have learned too much from you know i know that you said that like the first scene is supposed to show that he's a nice guy but he sounds evil like but he's not doing that to help himself he's doing it for his mom's case or he's doing it because his mom's uh, boyfriend has disappeared and that was those are the two mysteries of this episode uh, so yeah after he skulked around with Betty um, and and basically found out he couldn't get his money for that he goes and he talks to his sister he has a sister named Allison she's a doctor you have Lawrence uh, that's his brother we don't see him in this episode but he's the chief of staff for the governor of Oregon and he has a daughter Lawrence does and a husband named Chet and then you have the matriarch of the family, Margaret, who is the bossy defense lawyer. And they all have such like high standing jobs that they kind of look down on Todd and Todd feels it. Like yeah. they even throw a family dinner together each week that Todd is not invited to <laughs> until Todd does get invited to in this episode. But Margaret wants Todd basically to get his life in order. Right. Yeah. And Todd wants his mom to get off his back. This, sound, this sounds like a, a team. One is a boomer. <laughs> who calls TikTok talk talk. The other constantly corrects her by saying, you don't have to say email to my phone. You can just say email. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. They're bicker buddies. One's a millennial. One's a boomer. Very similar strategy that you see in something like Reboot because you have the millennial versus boomer aspect. And what happens in Reboot? They're forced to work together. Right. Right. And in this show, they ask you the same question. How strange would it be if they team up the mom and the son and work together. Her law firm's investigator is currently on maternity leave, right? Okay. And he doesn't have a license, but Margaret is on this case defending this client named Kim, and she is being charged with murdering her boss after a work-slash-holiday party. Jeez, okay. Well, he had, like, assaulted her sexually. Oh. And so that's what her motive might have been. She at one time owned a gun, but it had gone missing. This is what the prosecution is using to like try to say this is definitely her. And then also her family is being super shady. And from her family, I recognized one character, a man who was in uh, Under the Banner of Heaven. He's got a very distinct like face. Right. So you know when you hire a lawyer and you get attorney-client confidentiality? Well, Margaret, she's very good at her job. Uh, her name's on the firm, um, but she doesn't she has loose lips when it comes to her case. Like she talks about it all the time mm -hmm. to all of her kids. 
which is strange to me because well, I would, would think that they, she wouldn't be able to discuss the details of yeah, it. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, wouldn't she get in trouble for that? Yeah, but it doesn't seem to matter because she's not thinking that they're going to interfere or anything. But at the same time, it's kind of like that's not supposed to be stuff you're talking about. Yeah. But she does talk about it with Todd all the time. The other mystery of the episode is that Margaret goes home. She was moving at the time with her husband or, or her boyfriend, Harry, and Harry's not there. And so Todd shows up to, like, give her rent or something. And then she's like, I can't find Harry. And Harry has been diagnosed with Parkinson's and his father had killed himself. So she's afraid that that might be what he's about to do. And so what Todd does is he goes into detective mode and he gets really frantic and not cool and collected. Like you might think a a private investigator might just be like, let's put in the cigarette in the mouth and put on the trench coat, you know, like not like that. So he talks to the credit card company. He gets this new address and then he ends up dragging his mom at 2 a.m. to this random house. And they end up just like staking out, like watching outside the whole night. Yes. What would you rather do than hang out at night with your mom just watching <laughs> a random house and like stuck in a car? It, it, it's <laughs> it was it, it's a funny premise, I guess. But like at the same time, that's when the mom lets loose about like Kim's murder case and starts talking about how the prosecution is like delaying it because he has a concussion. That's the attorney. And then um, that's Todd highly suspects that that's not the case because he's like, if you have a concussion, you're probably out for a month, not a couple days. And then I was like, well, not in football, because in football, you lose a quarterback and then they come back the next week unless you're two and come back in like four days. (laughs) Anyways, um, so he goes on to the prosecution attorney's TikTok and sees the or no, the daughter of the prosecution attorney. <laughs> and he sees in the background of the window or like the reflection of the window, the the dad doing like just exercise on a Peloton. Oh, and he's I thought like, that you said he was going to like start doing TikTok. Games and he doesn't see any noticeable features of like him suffering a concussion. And so he's lying about it. And then the mom's like, well, the only reason he would lie is if there's like something that he's hiding. Yeah. So they then drive away from the stakeout that they're on to go to the records room back at her law office. And they leave these burner phones to kind of just alert them if anything happens at the house. And they go to the records room and they find out that there's going to be like a new witness, a surprise witness that's going to be called. And that there's this thing called an MP9. So I know what MP4s are. Everyone does. Those are video files. But MP9s I've always thought of as being like guns. But he says... um, He says that it's actually the file format for a security camera. And I'll take his word for it. I don't think the show would have made that up. But uh, that that makes it seem like there might be security footage showing the actual murder that hasn't been brought forth yet. And that the prosecution is trying to sneak on by. From there, they jump until the next morning. I don't think anybody slept at this point, but they never mention that. Like, I just assume a lot of coffee. So Todd is now at Margaret's office. And Margaret is having this meeting with Kim's family again, talking about the murder trial. Because obviously there's new information here with possible security footage. Todd listens in. But he also listens in prior to the meeting to the family kind of shitballing the mom where they're just like, she's such a bitch, you know, like that type of thing. Yeah. But she's going to get her like off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was a weird conversation. But Todd feels the ne- like he feels it necessary to then share that with the mom to say, <laughs> I'm suspicious of this family. I think that they're actually hiding a lot more. That said, he waits until the family dinner that night. I'm skipping over some stuff, but he waits until the family dinner that night, kind of blue blood style. Apparently, this family dinner has been happening without him for a long time. But uh, this is where we see everybody, his his sister and then the husband to his brother and their, their daughter. Um, yeah, <laughs> Just a lot everyone. of people. He goes into a rant. Todd does 
about how his mom wasn't there for him growing up because his dad died and his siblings were in college. And that's when the family disperses and everybody leaves for their own separate area. We kind of have put Harry's storyline on the back burner, his mom's boyfriend, but not for long because then the next day, we keep on jumping time, um, Todd is now looking for Harry again and he's connected that property that they found to Morris the Magnificent, who is a magician. And so he goes to the address of Morris the Magnificent, who apparently died already, and he's still getting delivered packages. And he puts a tracker on one of those packages to see where it ends up. And while he's doing that, he looks across the street and lo and behold, that's the place where Kim's boss was murdered. So he decides he's going to dictate to his Apple watch he, yeah was there any reason why coincidence they, no i, I know yeah. but was there any reason why they made morris the magician a magician do you ever see him or anything we well, see his son his son is also taking oh, up the okay. mantle of morris the Mag- magnificent and so that's why he's still getting la- mail mm, okay. but, <laughs> but that comes along just a bit later first Todd has to go up to the rooftop where the boss was murdered and try to figure out what this MP9 file could come from. And he deciphers that like there was a GPS summit or something, I don't know, across the street. And so people probably had a dashboard camera and that that's what it was. (laughs) And so he's assuming that it's some other like from a different country, someone from a different country has this dashboard camera footage. So then uh, him and his mom, though, go to Morris the Magnificent's place who's having a garage sale. He's also giving a lot of goods to Goodwill. And that's where they find out that Harry is, he, all his stuff is there, but it's all being given to Goodwill. And so it's acting like he, he might've already died. And so the mom like nabs the computer, which is a real big moral, like ethical thing that she's not used to doing, but she grabs it and they open it up. It's been cleared for most part, but like there's still passwords saved in it, which I thought was clever. And they use that to then find out that he had purchased a, a ticket Okay, and this is where the plot gets super outlandish. Uh, Like a ticket to lose right now is when it gets. Yeah, this is where it just goes off the rails. So everything's coming to a head. First, there's the trial that's going to take place, the Kim trial, and that's the next day. But at the same time, that's when the flight is. So Todd has to go find Harry, and the mom has to go fight the battle with Kim. You know, like (laughs) to, to save her. Okay, so Todd is at the airport, and he doesn't have a clue what the ticket's for or where he's supposed to go. Like this is a big old airport and he's just supposed to find a guy, right? Yeah. And so he runs into guess who? Betty from the first scene, who's now working at the airport. Oh, so she's gonna help him. Yes, but the thing is this, there's so many problems with this. Um, She's wearing the brace around her neck. Right. But she's back at work, which means that she wouldn't have to wear the brace because it means that she's over her or whatever was she's keeping gone her better. out. Yeah. Yes. So the, I don't know why she was still <laughs> other than that. It just it, it went back to what they were talking about earlier. Right. Nice callback. Not really. But like <laughs> he then says, I need you to do me a favor. And so she gives him her uniform, which suddenly fits him, Wait, even what? though she's she's much bigger than him. So it, it doesn't make much sense. It it fits him. And he uses her, her uniform, we don't see how, to get through airport security and onto a plane <laughs> that is currently boarding. <laughs> Wait, wait. But you she, do understand. She's not a flight attendant. She's though, not right? a flight attendant. She works for the uh, the faculty, the the janitorial staff of the um like the airport itself. Those aren't the same people who clean the planes. Right. But but they treat it like it is because he gets on the plane that's currently boarding and he talks to a flight attendant. He's like, hey, so I uh, just forgot something here and uh, I need to go pick it up. And she lets it go. She's just like, <laughs> oh, sure. And so then, then the pilot says, we're uh, prepare for takeoff. <laughs> so they're already on the landing strip suddenly. Or like, sorry, the tarmac. 
about to take off. I don't know how long he's been there. He turns around in his seat and he's like, hi, Harry. And then they, <laughs> and that's where they have the, yeah. So Harry's there. And then Harry admits that he left the mom on purpose because he has been diagnosed with Parkinson's and he only has seven to 10 years to live. So like he's, <laughs> so that was played for a joke. But the thing is the mom has the Bluetooth headphone in her ear so she can hear all of this. And so he's like, oh, she okay, is so course. insufferable. Yeah, I right. can't deal with this yeah. for the next seven years of my life. That said, you should fix your relationship with her because you guys are a mess. And so, <laughs> and while that's going on, on the trial room side of things, um, <laughs> they've introduced the security footage, which shows a blonde woman, which Kim is, going onto the roof and approaching the boss, right? Right. So it looks like it's damning evidence. So what the what does Kim uh, sorry, what does uh, Margaret do? She says, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to handle this now. She stands up, doesn't get advice from her client, and says, We're actually going to plead guilty. Wait, wait. <laughs> she's like, No, I've got this. And then she's like, and I recommend about 50 years. She's the full courtroom at this point. And this is what the defense lawyer is saying. <laughs> yes, yeah. Kim's mom from behind the pews or in the pews stands up and says, I did it. She confesses <laughs> right then and there. Then, uh, <laughs> which I think that uh, we're led to believe that Margaret knew that she was going to do. Margaret turns around and she's like, I can be your attorney. And, Wait, what? And the, judge, and the judge, like some weird banana court, like hits the th gavel and is like, that's court. Like, that's it. Closed. That's it. No, they, they don't actually I do was, that. I was but gonna... like, that's basically what we're led to believe happens. And then the next scene we see is that Todd is in airport jail, which he would be. Another thing is they never would have gotten to the point where the pilot says we're ready for takeoff because they do a head count. Yeah. They do a head count and they check to make sure they have the right amount of people on the plane before they just take <laughs> off. Todd is handcuffed to the table and they have the radio playing on the local channel, I assume, talking about the case, which I've never heard in any local station ever talk about such like a random case. Like maybe if it's a high priority, if it's like a big internationals right. thing, but like, it's like, oh, and what ended up happening was someone actually confessed to the whole thing and blah, 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 it's blah. It's almost like- and, and, and then Todd smiled, his mom shows up, gets him out of airport jail, despite the fact that he just broke a ton of laws. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he would not be facing any form of prison time for that. That seems way worse than anything he did to get, well, maybe wiretapping, but like just as bad. I don't understand why then she's like, well, I have a job for you. And now he's replacing the person who's on maternity leave, even though he doesn't have a license still. And he's going to work with his mom. And uh, they, they also introduced in a brief, like two other characters who I didn't really mention. One is a love interest who is like, uh, I don't think she's a paralegal. I think she is a lawyer who works with the mom, but who knew Todd growing up. And is they that used possibly to date. Francie? Uh, possibly. She's, she's, she has a boyfriend or a fiance or something. And so like, there's a will they won't they that is bound to happen. And then the other person is a person named Lyle, who uh, he and Todd approached to try to get evidence at one point to try to find out where Harry was. But Lyle is a stickler for his job and knew all about Todd and was like, that's where we found out the information about him being uh, accused of wiretapping and forgery beforehand. And so at the end, to kind of put it to Lyle, Todd comes in with his suit now working at the facility and <laughs> throws a donut party in Lyle's office. And Lyle comes, Lyle doesn't like that. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of where we leave it. And the show is just ridiculous. I mean, like, did you like it, though? Did you enjoy it? Because All in all, I give it a six. So it passes. It's, it passes. It's not even trying to be in the realm of possible. Like, uh, yeah, because my watch first... it. 
my first question was, is this show believable? Because the creator, Scott Prendergast, it's based on like his life and his own experiences and helping find his mother's missing husband. Yeah. So, but they found him in the first episode. So they, so it's not going to be a base for the rest of the episode. Yeah, I know that you said it They're takes... They're not following Harry. No, no I know. Uh, I know that you said it takes place in Oregon, and Prendergast tried so hard to shoot this thing in Oregon. He continually was, like, fighting for it and fighting for it and fighting for it, except they did end up shooting it in Vancouver because it was, like, way less expensive. Noticeably. Noticeably <laughs> Vancouver. Yeah, oh, yeah. You could tell it was the person. I knew it was yeah. in Portland because they filmed Portlandia in Portland, right? Right, yeah. In this, we get a lot of interiors of grocery stores and the law office that she works at. But the only outdoor thing we had was when he goes up to the rooftop of the building to see whether whether or not the guy was killed in, in a certain way right. or whatever. And that could have been anywhere. So, yeah, th there are no distinguishing Portland shots. And they could have even added some, you know, like the Friends thing. They could have just done the outside <laughs> buildings of Portland I like, or something. I like hearing your view of the show because it doesn't have a lot of reviews, actually. That's like a 7.2 on IMDb. Has like a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, but only has like six critics that have reviewed it and around 300 reviews on IMDb. The show was greenlit in May of 2022 with other dramas like Fire Country and East New York, while other shows like Early East Edition. East New York just came out or is it like coming out yeah, right now? Yeah. yeah. And while, early, while other shows like Early Edition have been halted. And Early Edition's coming back? Yeah, they're remaking with the same it. With the same cast? I don't not? know if Kyler Chandler's going to be any part of it. I, I didn't do much Kyler research. Chandler? Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, this comes to CBS's canceled comedy series like United States of Al, Be Positive, and How We Roll. Be Positive was canceled. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny because this show premiered on Thursday night. And that being said, it was uh, preceded by Young Sheldon, which garnered 6.61 million views. It's like one of the most uh, popular shows on right now. Yeah, I can and tell. And then it, Ghost was able to keep, after, after Young Sheldon, like almost all of that. Those audience. are probably their biggest shows right now. They jump, yeah, it yeah. Ju yeah. Ghost season two premiere jumped eleven percent mm -hmm. from the series premiere that we reviewed, and then uh, and it kept like six point one six million views. And so, <laughs> help What's me Todd. So help me Todd kept four point six nine million views, making it the best series premiere on any network so far this season. And that's really saying something because when they were like when CBS was showing the So Help Me Todd pilot in May to like test audiences, yeah. it, they were getting like really positive reviews. Yeah. So CBS was probably most excited to really like air this one out. Scorpion, all the ones in Greenland. Scorpion went on for like four seasons, and I hated the pilot because of how ludicrous it was. And this is kind of like that. It doesn't veer into like as insane as the pilot of Scorpion was, but if if something like uh, people enjoy um, theatrics and craziness and a, at least a semblance of of routine so it, this is a case by week i think um but at the same time yeah, it, it provides you with humor and just you never know what they're going to make up next because it seems like they're just flying by the seat of their pants they're kind of like making it up as they go um and just that using sort of in the millennial slash boomer like a thing that they do which they do in every show uh it's sort of effective here the jokes that he was making were kind of like the guy code jokes that you see that guy being like don't become your parents yeah like it, those are the type of so it's it's all right i mean yeah all the reviews are basically saying the same thing the hollywood reporter called it disposable but did praise the two leads mm -hmm. variety said so even while so help me todd has a decent setup it's clashing tones make watching the show a genuinely jarring experience. and i didn't realize marsha gay harden was supposed to be like the main character and todd was kind of even the secondary main character yeah i think she was the last to be cast for the show because they initially had someone else in her role but i mean it's like you think that when it's called so help me todd because todd is right. in the title that it would be his show and then everybody else would be secondary <laughs> right. but really it's her voice saying that like so help me todd like, okay yeah. yeah 
Yeah. And then, yeah, and then the last thing is Wall Street Journal called the show a multitasker. It quacks like a comedy, walks like law and order, swims like social satire, and flies, albeit awkwardly, past the pigeonholes. And they went on to call it charming. Okay, so. charming is a fine word to describe the show. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, no, that's about it. All right, well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.